This is Fiberside Chat, a 3GIS podcast, bringing you the latest practices in the world of fiber networks and plus architecture. Hello, welcome to Fiberside Chat, a podcast by 3GIS. I'm your host today, Tyler Kern. On this episode of the podcast, we're discussing how building an accurate and detailed digital model of the network can enable better reporting to inform decisions for fiber network financiers. And joining me today to uh, discuss all of these topics and to, to break this all down in much more detail is Tommy Sinyard. He is the Chief Technical Officer at 3GIS. Tommy, thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, Glad to be here. Absolutely. And we also have Greg Connors, Technical Product Manager at 3GIS. Greg, good to talk to you. Uh, good to talk to you. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Absolutely. So guys, let's start off here um, and, and, and we'll kind of dive in. What are some best practices telcos can follow when defining requirements for modeling their network? Well, I, I think, you know, we've done this for many years, or some of us have done this for many years. I've got about 30 years in modeling the telecom networks for systems that they want to track where their physical plan exists and how it interacts with their, their logical assignments of that physical network. So from there, I think it just gets down to to understand one what you're going to need to track and what you're going to need to report on to make sure you have all the right attribution on the right pieces of equipment that you're trying to model and then the other is to look for the expansion or how you're going to work with other internal systems so if there's certain keys that are needed by those databases or records that need to be referenced back and forth and you have to make sure you have some place to store that and in some places you can report off of that information so that may be inventory for example to see what you got in the warehouse that you want to use so it matches up to a equipment code for example and, and i think most people understand that today but some of the people just starting out they they're looking so much at the right now and not really looking at the future of what they're going to need to report on down the road yeah and, and maybe to add to that tommy you know from my perspective with level three and century link you know working specifically on one system uh you know really one company with multiple acquisitions but kind of evolving that over time you know some of the things we really tried to keep as kind of our core kind of mantras or concepts was to try and keep things simple which you know is really uh challenging in a tel telecom network because you know there's a lot of detail that you can get into i think i think uh you know keeping it simple and trying to be very focused on required attributes that meet the requirements of your, whether it's your financial re reporting needs or the field tech out in the field, just being very focused on that. And this is also more from a, from a kind of a existing network and mergers uh, perspective, not so much from building a brand new network from scratch, you know, hmm. you know, and then also, you know, I think this, this data model really, you know, what I've learned over the years is that the most important valuable aspect from a business perspective, truly, really is the is the actual signal connectivity um, how you get from a port in a building to let's say from a CO or a you know a metro hub in a city out to the customer's premises you know what that path is and then all, all those fibers within a given cable what the logical assignments are on those and um, the logic logical connectivity to the logical system understanding you know what circuits are riding through fibers and really the accuracy of that, as opposed to what I would say, the spatial accuracy is in my mind, more valuable from a business perspective. Absolutely, absolutely. So how can telcos leverage this digital model to inform business decisions, specifically financial? You know, I have a, a lot of experience with different 
aspects of this. And a lot of it is not so much like a canned report that you run annually. Some aspects it is, and I'll probably you know go through some of those in the end, but uh, it's more like project-based, I guess. And specifically, you know, for business decisions, you know, some of the examples I have are for mergers and acquisitions. One is understanding your network for you're trying to sell. If you're trying to, you know, sell your company, right, and your network and assets, what are the value of those? Where are they located? What's the utilization, right? And what is the value and what's your kind of portfolio available to the potential buyers? Another one is when you're you're a consolidator, like level three was, where we acquired nine companies over like a six-year period. And in that consolidation, you know, you're acquiring networks and Typically, that starts with looking at synergies on networks and where you can um, expand your footprint, perhaps in a, in a metro market, and then where you can consolidate. You know, if you have overlap of network, you can potentially roll, you know, services onto one set of networks through the acquisition. So, you know, are there synergies for cost reduction and, and uh, opportunities for network expansion? You know, and typically you would have a good idea of your, your targeted customer base and where that's located and analyze against that. A couple other things, network expansion is, is a big use of the, the financial data and building a business case to bring a customer or a, a set of customer locations nationwide, for example, onto to the network. Typically, you want to have the customer connected with your fiber to provide the best quality of service and have the, the least cost of that underlying cost, I guess, of that service. And so, so typically, we use this data to build business cases to understand you know, what's available capacity-wise and then where you're trying to tie into the network and what it would cost to build to this customer location. Um, another real big one that's, is again, once you establish this data model and you have good data, this this concept of network expense reduction. So as a, as a telecom, you have your, your network that you're running and there's an underlying expense to that. And you have your optimal is running it through your equipment and your fiber, right? Um, in some cases, to add a building or a customer location, you may lease fiber from another provider and splice it into your backbone just to get to that building. Well, and then you typically have a term on that contract. And so you have lease fiber. And in some cases, you may have a, like a, an off net tail, we call it, to get the last mile, right, where you lease from, from the exchange carrier to get to the building. So you have a combination of these things that make up your network, and there's an expense to that. And it's a, it's a large expense, and and that's one of the opportunities. Is looking at that, and you know, based on your data, understanding where you have leased fiber, where you may have potential, if you were to build fiber to replace that leased fiber and get off that lease, that underlying cost, you provide a better service to the customer because they're directly connected to your fiber, and then also, you potentially build that fiber route, you know, where you're going to be capturing more opportunity based on your targeted base. One other quick one to add is just in general for your network for planning from a planning perspective. When you when you look at your backbone, like in a metro market, typically you have you may have loops of fiber defined around a metro market, or you have loops of fiber, or you have you know metro rings that run around the market. Typically, you you want to understand the utilization of your fiber in general, right? And these rings and when they're when they're you know becoming exhausted and understand the rate at which they're being exhausted so that you can build a business case to over pull that network, you know, to pull in a new cable through the areas that, you know, that where the capacity is exhausted. And typically, you know, again, you really need to understand that you can't 
fiber anymore, meaning that it's it's exhausted and you need good records in order to be able to do that. Mm. And uh, one thing that comes to my mind about this is uh, we developed some functionality in our system that allows somebody to see the available strands in each cable and we would color code the cables if they had a, a certain amount of free or dark fiber inside there. And they would generate this out. Uh, the client would generate this out to their sales force and they could see where they had an abundance of dark fiber. And they would look along that path about potential people they could sell to. And the reason being is they could supply service to the new customers along that path without very much expense to, to expand the network. So it may just be a lateral dropping into a building. So they can make good business decisions of where I can get some revenue with the least amount of cost to, to generate that revenue. And, and by being able to visualize that on the map and be able to take the, which fibers were lit and which ones weren't. And uh, they started using inventory they had already paid for to start generating revenue. Right, right. So what are the top takeaways telcos can learn about managing their network data for financial reporting? Huh. Well, I think, I think there it's just going to get down to, and I think about M&A from the people I've known, for example, they're looking for how much coverage do I have and, and, and how much extra capacity can I add to a certain area so they can generate that. Uh, when they get into taxes, when they start paying taxes, they have to know how much cable they have running through this tax district. And then they ask for them to report on what revenues generate off that cable. So it really gets down to if I've got, you know, 288 strands running through here, how many of them I got lit, what kind of revenue am I getting from there? And that's how they figure out how to tax. And so when you get to reporting, especially when you get down to the government reporting, you, you're going to have to have this type of information available to you. Or are you just going to take a wild guess and hope for the best? Yeah, I, th I think that that covers it pretty well, Tommy. I think, you know, again, just to kind of summarize what I stated before, again, you know, it's, it's, it's important to keep in mind that it's this data, you know, for, from a financial perspective, you can use for both reducing cost and also growing your network and revenue, rent revenue generation. I think that's an important aspect of the data. So how does the diminishing uh, demarcation uh, between outside and inside physical network data change the reporting needs? From our perspective, again, typically you have your outside plant fiber folks that manage the network, and then you have people that work in the building. But in order to get the true value out of, out of all that, you know, of the the data, and from a financial perspective, it, it's and reporting perspective, it's it's important to understand, you know, connectivity both from the the outside the networks between the buildings, also inside the buildings, all the way to the intelligent electronics, which is you know where the circuits ride. So understand down to the level where you can say these circuits are riding through these fibers through this part of the city. So that's challenging, but that's really where you get the most value out of your, your kind of physical network and, and logical combined data. And then, you know, and that includes the inside plant. And what, what I remember from years ago, working in the telco, you know, when we first started, there was two separate teams, as Greg kind of mentioned that, that you had inside and outside and, the place, the panel where it in the buildings where it stopped. And so one would take over the management of the network from inside the building. And, and then the other one would, you know, worry about the outside plan itself. And, and with all the startups and the number of people who are, are building networks today, they don't have teams built like that. That's not the way they operate. They may have software that talks to the internal, but they have a good vision of 
what equipment it came off from inside the hub all the way to the you know the connection I have inside my house uh, to where it, it runs into my home network mm-hmm. and so that's a different type of person who has to understand the whole thing and they have to have a system that can supply data for you know not only where it goes down the road and enters the building but once it enters the building what happens to it and to be able to model that's very important so i want to talk about digital network twins so describe how the digital network twin is used to mitigate sla risks yeah so the the digital twins i'm just becoming more familiar with it as time goes but i first read about this with nasa so nasa when they were sending the spaceships up or their shuttle up they they had a a model of the network that mimicked what the physical layout of the network was. And so they could run analysis on that, for example, and they could see if I did this, if I turned this, if I turned this off, if I connected this here, what would happen? And to be able to see logically, you know, in a model, what would happen with the network that they are trying to manage from a physical standpoint. And so as we go forward from here to be able to share a model of my network and to be able to understand what would happen if this was to go down or, or this was to happen. How can I turn up an SLA maybe to, that went down? I can, you know, service level agreement that I can turn up and get it back online as fast as possible. Also, can I share that digital twin network model with others and allow them to have a complete view of the networks running around the city where it's not mm-hmm. maybe physically correct and I'm not laid out any internal secrets of, of my network, but I can at least let somebody understand what parts of the network exist and how they interconnect with each other. So Greg, from your past experience as a 3GIS customer, you use 3GIS to provide key asset information that your financial teams use to make investment decisions, right? So describe the type of reporting you were asked to get from the fiber network data. Sure. There's, you know, again, there's kind of two types of reporting when I think of it. And, you know, there's one that is really more like an annual reporting where you, you may do this every annually or quarterly. A good example, that would be investor relations reporting, where we report to basically to the market to, on um, our network or the company's network. And, uh, you know, that, that could be route, fiber mileage, uh, the number of buildings connected to the network with fiber on net buildings, that would be called. How much have you expanded the network that you report on? You know how much you've built because that's investors want to see that you're expanding your footprint. Um, and then you know how many buildings did you add? Typically, with that build, um, another example of annual reporting would be. And Tommy touched on this. Some was the, the tax reporting by jurisdictions, by state, or you know city or county. And um, you know typically those are are annual reports, and typically they're kind of a there's a baseline from the original construction, but that can get tweaked over time. And there, sometimes there are specific projects where you may try and kind of argue or contest uh, the charges for certain parts of the network, certain states thinking that you may be overcharged um, and you may be able to reduce your tax, your underlying tax cost. Some other example kind of project ones, and I, and I went through these are, you know, the M&A analysis uh, and, and when you look at that, when, it, when I talk about a report, typically it's, you know, mileage overlap. How many miles do we have that overlaps, you know, with this company we're looking to acquire and, you know, how many miles in each market and then how much is unique, I guess, you know, what, what are the, those synergies and, uh, and typically, you know, you're producing maps, you know, visuals, and then also reporting. 
and then you know that that actually gets carried into the actual integration of the network after the, after the acquisition you know you have this kind of target of what you thought the value was of the the, the acquisition and then you you know have to get to work to realize that those synergies and that that cost reduction in the network the other big one and again this is more of a project based one but typically it's large network opportunities with a potential enterprise customer large enterprise customer that has locations across across the country mm-hmm. and you you know you have to analyze you know what is the cost to build to existing network you know building new laterals and and uh, build a business case that has a return on it hopefully uh, based on the services you're trying to provide those are some of the key reporting aspects that I see absolutely absolutely well Guys, I want to give you an opportunity before we wrap things up today just to either summarize uh, what we've discussed or, you know, if there's anything about the topic we haven't we haven't hit on yet. So, Tommy, Greg, I'm going to open the floor to you just to to, to summarize what we've talked about today and maybe summarize, um, you know, some of the the key points that, that you think are crucial that people understand about this before we wrap things up. Yeah, I think from from my standpoint, it gets down to uh, people need to understand what type of information they're going to need. So many people are really focused on building out the network. They're trying to get their footprint in place. You know, for certain cities, they're trying to up their infrastructure to, to be able to supply their, their current uh, residents with, you know, the information abilities that they need, like doing homeschooling and whatever. So those things are out there. But to run the network, to manage the network after it's built, there's a lot of more information you need than just building it out mm-hmm. you know like how i how i restore service when they have a problem for example to to be able to keep your costs down to be able to utilize the inventory you have in place and get the biggest return for your investment that you possibly can you know to be able to share this information with the government entities that's going to ask you for it a lot of times people don't think about that till they're asked for it and then they don't have it and so i think there's just some investigation people need to do to understand what all is needed and then you know put everything in place to gather that as they go, as they build it. And then when they get done, their model allows them to do all the things they'll have to do to run a company. Yeah. And maybe to add to that, Tommy, you know, I guess, you know, my experience is, is, is again, you know, originally in working with level three, we built a nationwide and European uh, network, right. And had real good records to, to build a, an underlying database of this fiber network and, and attribution. But, as you go through acquisitions and acquire other companies, that uh, source of data is going to vary. And so I think it's it's really important beyond the, the greenfield, you know, and, and, and managing your network and day-to-day operations is to, again, you know, I kind of push the fact to try and keep it simple. Think about what's important because an example would be like the, the dimensions or the size of a manhole. Well, you, you could capture that when you're building the network very easily, right, through CAD drawings or even out in the field through GPS as you're building it. The value of that, in my mind, is is somewhat marginal. But if you if you can get it in the beginning, that's great. But it's not something you'd want to go out and spend uh, invest money to go capture. Uh, again, um, it's important to identify what, you know, what aspects of this data model and attribution is required to run the business from a service management perspective, from a sales perspective, marketing, and then also from a future investment. Mm-hmm. And, and, and again, keep it, keep it simple and have process in place to, to keep that data maintained and, and go out and capture that data as you're turning up customers as opposed to doing, you know, let's say like a nationwide kind of audit to try and capture that data. 
Absolutely. Well, Tommy and Greg, thank you guys so much for joining me today here on Fiberside Chat. It's been a pleasure getting a chance to talk to you. And thank you so much for sharing your insights on this topic and educating our audience. So, Tommy Senior, Chief Technical Officer at 3GIS and Greg Connors, Technical Product Manager at 3GIS. Guys, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. And everybody, thank you for joining us for this episode of Fiberside Chat. Of course, we have previous episodes. If you haven't checked all of those out yet, make sure you go to Apple Podcasts or Spotify to listen to previous episodes of the podcast and subscribe while you're there so you can stay up to date with everything going on in the world of 3GIS. And of course, we'll be back soon with more episodes of the podcast. But until then, I've been your host today, Tyler Kern. Thanks for listening. <laughs>